I come from a poor family, yeah, yeah. We ain't never had a lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Lord been good to us, yeah, yeah. Now we riding on the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. I come from a poor Good morning, Richie. Oh, we're starting. We are in here. We are in the boat. Wednesday we're in the boat. morning. Let's go. Wednesday morning, guys. <laughs> uh, welcome to Builder of All Things Podcast, where we talk faith, business, and construction. And we're glad to have you here this morning with us. Yeah, I'm uh I'm tired. I was up till I pulled one of those 1 30 to 2 a.m. with my wife watching yeah. binging on TV shows last hey, night. Hey man, that's quality time though. It is. It's it is quality it, right? time, but then waking up at I got Bible study every Wednesday with my brother, waking up at 4.45 to, uh, um, you know, (laughs) to dig in. So, yeah, I should have went to bed a little bit earlier. So I am on my second cup of coffee. But the good thing about coffee in an ADD guy, we click. (laughs) Best friends after that drink. We are best friends. So I'm going to last for about an hour and I'm going to be like Jim Carrey on that show, Yes Man. Uh I'm going to be running around with my Red Bulls and all of a sudden you're just going to see me sleeping on the corner. (laughs) Yeah. On the sidewalk, <laughs> a little five minute, five got, minute. Yeah, I'll give, yeah, you, yeah. I'll give you a good hour. So let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our first stream um, on the boat. Yeah, uh, faith. How do you deal with doubts in your faith? And this is a. Ooh. ooh I mean, every. I think every uh, believer goes through this at least. You know. Yeah, we're it, at least hundred times. You're not immune. You're not immune to it. Um, I think even more so. You know, sometimes uh, being in the faith, you can, you know, have expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think doubt sometimes could come very strong, sometimes stronger. Yeah. Because you're like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to have this source that I'm not seeing or, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. And, and I don't feel it or I'm not seeing it right now. So doubt can really creep in uh, really strong because mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's not as evident as you'd want it to be. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, how I deal with doubt uh, in my faith. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not immune to it. I have there are days in my life. I think my biggest <laughs> uh, doubt moments Mm-hmm. Is when I'm managing my failures, ah. when I am not meeting my expectations, and I feel like I failed in something. Mm-hmm. Um, what it, whether it's uh, uh, something I'm supposed to. I mean, even little things like not shopping for my wife yeah. at the grocery store. She gives me a grocery list. Well, I think that comes with your personality, dude. So it comes. You know, you don't like to fail. You no, like to win, and I'm. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm ADD, so I'm like, I'm going for her list. All of a sudden, while I'm in the store, I had no reason to be there except for her. And I'm shopping my own list yeah. now because I'm in there like, hey, while I'm here, I can get some office treats for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I go on these little tangents. And then when I come back, that's the wrong oil or that's the wrong yeah, vegetable. Yeah. You know, that's the wrong. I wanted frozen, not fresh. I wanted fresh, not frozen. So, you know, um, but that's a little, little kind of failure. But then you have your big failures, not meeting financial obligations as a, a father, a husband or head of the household right. or not, you know, being, um, you know, there emotionally for somebody or mm-hmm. there's just so many different things in business where you have expectations you want to meet and you fail. So when I'm managing my failures, uh, a lot of times my, I, I focus on myself, uh-huh. you know, or the failure or the things that made me fail and it can really weigh you down. You know, mm-hmm. it really can weigh you down and doubt. What is doubt? Basically it's like a, a lack of trust, <laughs> 
Mm. Right? Is that what doubt is? It's like, wait a minute. I don't know if I can trust this or I can't mm-hmm. trust myself in this. So right. for me, um, how do I deal with it is my focus on Jesus is the key component to the cure to my doubt. So mm-hmm. there's a story in the Bible, uh, Matthew 14, um, where Jesus uh, basically just heard about John the Baptist, who's his cousin, just got his head cut off. Uh-huh. I mean, that's kind of dramatic, but it's true. Got yes, his head yes, cut yes, off. Yes. And he found word, a word to the on the street, came to him and said, hey, your cousin is actually died. So he was in a sad place, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that last the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He, he, you know, basically went to a place by himself, spent some time. But then there were he found out that there are people. So this is the same storyline. There were some people on the about 5,000 men and then plus women and children that mm-hmm. they were hungry. They were sick. And they were like, wait a minute, this is the healer, the, you know, the person that can to, can save us or try to help us with some food. But there was only a little bit of food. Yeah. And so um, Jesus was able to display his miracle power mm-hmm. and said, yo, give me the uh, he didn't say yo. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He said, yo, give me the uh, the basket, you know, the five baskets we have. I want to make sure everybody gets fed. We're good to go. Uh-huh. You know, so he feeds 5000 mm-hmm. men and plus women and children. And then. He's so tired. He's so run down that, you know, he, he just needs to be by himself, pray and recharge. So he sends the, his, his group of disciples out on the boat, yeah. out, out, out to sea to, they have somewhere else they got to go and they got to get there quick. They got to mm-hmm. go at night. So we need to head this way. So he instructs them. He gives them the GPS again, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Says, look, go on the boat, go without me, just go. So there are seasons, you know, where, you know, I'll have doubt like these disciples where they're out in the middle of the ocean. Jesus is not even with them. Last time we talked about a storm hitting and Jesus was asleep, but at least yeah. he was on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can always like reach out, wake him up or, you know, have a conversation like, you know, Hey, that was kind of my thing last uh, couple of weeks was wake him up. But now it's like, he's not even on the boat mm-hmm. and winds are hitting again. And you know, it's, it's one of those, not a storm, but it was just a windy night. Mm. And, um, it's banging the boat and um in those kind of moments you can kind of feel like doubtful, right? You can be like, um, how are we gonna how are we gonna get through this? The man who just displayed he's our provider, you know, in a time of everyone's hungry, he's now not even with us, you yeah. know. And so um seeing at the, I think it was like the fourth watch of the night, which is early in the morning before the sun breaks, mm. Jesus just appears. And think of it, it's super windy and he's just kind of standing on water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like not even moving. He's chilling, huh? Chilling. And uh it's one of my favorite uh one of my favorite stories, miraculous the miraculousness of him walking on water, you know, and just kind mm. of approaching the boat. And they're like, Man, is that a ghost? Who is that? And yeah. they kind of recognize that Jesus and Peter, you know, uh recognizes who it's who it is. It's like, yo, Jesus, if if that's you, call me. I will come to you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So so he's like, you know, tells Peter, well, come on then, man. You know, so Peter yeah. actually steps off the boat and he's walking on water. And then he noticed, I think he hears the wind. He looks up and then boom, he starts sinking. And uh, he's like, Jesus, save me. And Jesus is, grabs his hand and said, you know, where's your faith, man? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, pulls him up, puts him on the boat. The rest of the crew grabs Jesus, pulls him on the boat. So now yeah. we're all good to go, right? We got Jesus back on the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but within that story, um, it's that focusing point, right? Like 
Um, when doubt comes, um, you know, looking at the world nowadays and just paying attention to the climate of everything that's happening with, um, you know, uh, COVID through uh, businesses, uh, you know, um, the political climate. I mean, there's just so much going on in the world uh-huh. that some doubt can come in to what's next, what's tomorrow, what should I expect? Or businesses yeah. don't know how we're going to survive when there's the staffing's not there. Right, and, right. you know, maybe they're not busy anymore. Maybe they're over busy and mm. can't meet the new demand. And that's also kind of can be a failure, right? It's mm-hmm. like, man, we've never had so much opportunity as a business like restaurants are getting slammed but they don't have anybody to meet the demand so that's actually bad for business you know so it's uh it's probably a rough area and there's just doubt in a lot of people's minds how can we trust this system even Mm -hmm. you know or you know what's what's next so doubt can come in and even relationships right i've you know dealt with a lot of doubt am i doing the right thing as a father am i doing the yeah. right thing as a husband or you know am i doing the right thing as an owner or is you know right, you know there's, right. a, there's just so many moments where i don't want to fail so me personally doubt can creep in when i'm dealing with managing i don't want to fail so that yeah. gets scary to me i always doubt what i'm doing because is this the right thing to do but right. why i share the story with peter and jesus is um because the question is how do you deal with it uh-huh. the when I feel doubt coming in, my my battle is what am I focusing on? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I'm focusing on the doubt, that's gonna sink me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's where you start sinking because I'm focusing on the wind. The wind is what's beating at the boat. It's what's kind of distracting me from the the course and the path that God already set the GPS for. It's mm-hmm. it's what's blowing. Doubt's trying to come in and say. You know, try to hit you. That was a wind noise. Wind noise. <laughs> so we got sound effects here, guys. We got sound effects here. Yeah. Um, the wind is is like doubt trying to creep in and say, yo, Richie, you know, mm-hmm. what you're doing as a business owner, this is not going to be uh, ideal for your employees. This is not going to be ideal for the client. And, you know, everything in me is, you know, thinking this is the best thing. But then you have the wind thoughts coming in, which is makes you feel doubt looking at business, looking at the wood prices going up, looking at, you know, our clients buying homes left and right in Hawaii, but will this stop? Like, are we investing Uh to grow as a business, but could the climate of this change in like six months? So all this doubt comes in, are we taking the right steps? Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, we always got to remember Jesus set the GPS, Mm -hmm. you know, that's key. As long as he set the GPS, you can have faith. So there's, you can go a whole nother story. If you're setting your own GPS, then how do you what do you do when the wind's beating at the boat? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you let you allow and you search and seek and find and allow Jesus to set the GPS in your life, um, when he when there is a time where the boat's getting beat by doubt, yeah, Jesus will appear. Uh-huh. He he won't leave you hanging. He will come out there without his boat, because he had a boat. Mm-hmm. If you go read Matthew 14, he had one boat left, but he didn't use it. He was like, oh, my peeps need me. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and just skip on water real quick and jump over there and do a little transportation and just uh, transport over there real quick and just boom. I'm here, guys. What's what's up? I Mm. felt the doubt hitting you guys, but I want you to know I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm your I'm I'm your provider, but I'm also your savior. Yeah. You know, so um, to bring it home, uh, you know, Jesus is it's not necessarily Peter's faith. To step out, but that he was focusing on Jesus. Uh-huh. And when you get in doubt, you know, I don't want to just step out 
in faith to Jesus, I want to call on him first and say, Jesus, if you want me to, you know, step out in faith to you, um, call me. Yeah. You know, and then when he does, I want to step out and trust and keep focus on him as my because focusing on him is not just putting a mental picture of of a Jesus guy in your head. Sure, yeah. Right. That's yeah. mm. on focusing on him. It's it's basically the focus part is saying you set the GPS. I'm going to trust even when I walk off the boat here for a second that you're going to carry me and mm-hmm. it's going to be all good because if you can carry me here, you can carry you can carry the boat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you can carry me without the boat, you can carry me with the boat. So right. I think uh, for me, that's how I handle doubt is always turn my focus and attention back on Jesus versus the doubt. It's such a, such a challenge. I mean, doubt is a uh, because you're not seeing God or, you know, you don't have something tangible with you. It makes it difficult. And, and I guess that that's a challenge for uh, uh, believers. Right. Um, I know back in the Old Testament, it started with them making Aaron making um, a golden calf to represent God. Mm. And they wanted something tangible. Um, and they wanted. So it's I, I understand. I, I can't I can understand the doubt. And they want something there to have visually, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, what I didn't know was that um, he built it as a representation of God, not like an actual God itself. Um, but they wanted him. They wanted like, kind something of there. tangible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But God's like, no, that's not how it goes, fam. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's the challenge of believing uh, Jesus uh, mm-hmm. even when he's not there. Yeah. Um, and so doubt is a, a crazy thing. And like you said, you just gotta focus on him and, be, and you know uh, have the hope uh, uh, hope for Jesus to. Uh, said, uh, yeah, that's a trust. Know, yeah, yeah, they have yeah. trust that um, even when the wind doubt comes, that he will show up. He won't take a boat and try to catch up to you. He'll just, he's there, man. Yeah, he's, he's there. there. I thought that there. was always cool since I was a little kid reading that story yeah. saying, dang, like, he just was there. Like, yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Well, awesome, awesome. Um, we're going to head down our second stream, Rich, uh, which is business. And here's a question. As an owner... How do you manage your business while wearing multiple hats? So kind of walk me through uh, your multiple hats okay. and then uh, let me know how do you handle that. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I mean, it's really easy. You get a um, a hat, you know, uh, display. And basically, I have um, an all things new hat. I have a, <laughs> I have a, a Quicksilver hat. I got, no, no, okay. <laughs> it's all I got a cowboy one. hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You just switch them out when you're no okay. So hats when we when we say hats, we're talking about different positions in a company. Um, it's kind of a general term that's used that says you know um, you're, you're handling different positions, right? So, mm-hmm. um, what's the question again? Is basically how do I handle? Um, what's the question again? Uh, how do you handle? How do you manage your business while uh, wearing multiple hats? How do you handle the business while wearing multiple hats? See the whole hat joke took me down yeah. <laughs> i was i wanted to think of some kind of fun hat thing but it didn't go nowhere um how do i handle the business wearing multiple hats so i think this is a place that business owners a lot of construction colleagues of mine fall into because mm. they're originally tradesmen right, right. that turn into a businessman um and ultimately you're swinging hammer or you're 
cutting and you're getting phone calls at the same time, right? Yeah. So it's, you got to manage different things. You're also your financial manager. You're, you know, you're taking care of your uh, QuickBooks or your accounting uh, app or whatever you're using. You're, uh, you're the receptionist. Yeah. You're, you're the lead coordinator. You're the carpenter. You're the foreman. You're the project manager. This so. question is bringing uh, Richie back to his first year of business, man. First three years, <laughs> first three, three, three or four years. I was, I was playing every hat there was, um, yeah. but we still had a team. Um, so how do I handle wearing multiple hats is, uh, I think what I've learned and where I'm at now is you got to learn to let go. <laughs> mm. Um, that's the hardest part is really know what you want to do. If you want to be a carpenter, um, just stick to being a carpenter. If you want to be a businessman, you got to be a businessman. So if you want to become an owner one day to have a business for your construction or for your trade you got to be half businessman at least yeah, so yeah. you, you got to be willing to hang up your pouch what i mean when you say you got to learn to let go mm-hmm. it sounds fancy and romantic but what's going to cause <laughs> you what's going to cause you to to well, actually let go well i believe like i said before um i'm learning really to believe that employees are assets not liabilities so um Letting go means giving it somewhere to somebody else mm-hmm. and trusting in that. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, I think a lot of times as uh, a, a tradesman or a builder or a, uh, somebody in that or it could be anything. It could be somebody who makes cakes. Yeah. You know, um, you have to, you can build a business around you, but you're going to have to get somebody who runs the business right, <laughs> side of things. Right. If you're going to, you, you can't play both. And that's where it gets really hard is wearing multiple hats. So how do I deal with it? So what is this person right now that they can't imagine hiring, you know, uh, other people? Um, yeah. It's kind of like back to the story with Peter and Jesus is um, you're, there's a, you're going to have a boat, which is your business and it's going in the GPS that it's supposed to go. But um, you have to step out in faith. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's a faith move. Um, you have to be able to, yeah, you have to be able to step out and and trust that, you know, you could still walk on water as a business owner. Um, and basically I think Peter was probably the captain of the ship. I mean, Peter's name is all over the Bible. He was Mm -hmm. a fisherman. He knows boats. Mm -hmm. So when he's with the disciples and he's a fisherman, all these other guys, they weren't fishermen, you know, some of them were and kind of work with Peter, but Peter was like probably the captain of the boat if we were to give him a position. So he was probably the man. So for him to just abandon his boat. Like, wait a minute, you're like the guy who knows how to get this thing going and you're about to step off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's that step of faith saying, look, I'm willing to give up my pouch. I'm willing to give up this and step out in faith and watch. I can I can still float. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can still walk on water because who I'm focusing on. So um thinking business, a lot of um uh, a lot of people are gonna wear multiple apps. You might have to go through a season of that and how to handle it, it, it can get overwearing and bait so uh-huh. uh overweight oh. overweighing um and it could bear weight yeah. um so you know my advice is find the the thing you can give up one thing at a time so giving it up doesn't mean you're not going to do it but finding somebody to take that role from you yeah you know yeah. so that is how you handle it is you can't give it all away at one time so if you're wearing 10 hats what is one mm-hmm. thing that could be valuable to give up and for me, answering phones was number one. Mm-mm. That was number one. Number two is the financial part, the mm-hmm. administration part. Is there one person that can handle the financial, handle 
the administration part, handle the, the receipts, you know, taking yeah. in everything. So, you yeah. know, that's another hat. Yeah. Is there somebody who can help with estimating? Yeah. Is there yeah. somebody who can help just manage the project? Is there somebody? So there's always little, you know, positions you can create and, and um, one position and one hat at a time, uh-huh. find a way to relieve yourself. Because ultimately um, there's a 2080 rule. Um, basically 20% of my time, I got to believe can produce 80% uh, uh, production, have 80% production. Yeah. But if I'm, but if I'm focused on a lot of things that other, other hats and other people can be doing, I could be doing using 40% of my time, but only have 60% production. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the more hats I'm wearing. So if I'm doing hundred percent hat wearing, I yeah. might only have 20% production. Right. Right. Because I'm doing too many things. But if I can release those things, and it's like every position, everyone can only only has to give 20% of their effort and get 80% production. Yeah. If you're caught doing things too much, you're mm-hmm. going to have smaller amounts of production. So there's like a, a weight change there. You see that? Yeah. So yeah. everyone's goal should be, man, I only want to have 20%. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you were to take a 40-hour week, 20%, that's not that many hours. But if you were to focus on one hat for, for sure. only – Two days straight with nobody, uh, no dis- other distraction, you're going to have 80% production. 100%. Yeah. Get I it? mean, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100. That's, that's, that's the 80. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20-80 so, rule. Yeah, it's the 2080 rule. So, you know, if you're caught doing two hats, so you're at 40% of your time, meaning you're doing two different things, mm-hmm. you only can give your attention two different levels. So your production level in those two areas drops. So. Yeah. Learning that kind of concept and displaying that takes faith. Takes mm-hmm. it's it a step out on water yeah. to 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 give up a position and trust somebody, especially when you're an owner. Because when you're an owner, that means you're like a father to a baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're a parent to a baby, and your business is the baby. So it's really hard to get daycare probably the first time. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the same thing. It's like to be a parent, you got to provide. You got to go to work. You got to find somebody to watch over the baby. So you got to actually yeah. find somebody you trust to just say, "Hey, here's my baby. I'm going to give to you for you know a few six hours of the day or go work." eight hours of the day, man, this is my baby. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? So um, it's the same thing with the business. It's hard. Sure. I get it to step out of faith and say, hey, you guys can take take the helm because I got to um, do this. But um, ultimately, that's how I deal with multiple hats is identifying what they are yeah. and what hat can I give away one, you know, to have somebody else take on that role one person at a time. Rich, before we head into the third last question, uh, uh how, what was your uh, reaction to the first fruits of that kind of seed when you, in terms of like, you know, hiring the the operator, hiring someone for, you know, what did it feel like when you started to to see the, the fruit of that? Um, you're going to laugh, but it created more work. <laughs> so more weight, more positions, more, I mean, but that's like the goal, right? You want the yeah. baby to grow up and yeah. be able, especially with our mission as a company is to saturate the island with the best company as possible. So mm-hmm. people have a place to go to, yeah. to, to get, you know, a great experience um, with construction. So we're not, we want to grow. Yes, we want to so be that's... able to serve as many people as we can. And in order to do that, we have to have growth spurts. So, um, you know, you have to really decide as a owner, where do you want to go? What's your 10, 10 exactly. year vision? What's your yeah. five year vision? Cause if you know your 10 year vision is to grow, this is growth. You cannot yeah. grow without people. 
you need a team mm-hmm. like this isn't the richie show this isn't the ray show only mm-hmm. on the podcast but <laughs> um ultimately we have a great team we have a great staff we have great carpenters um and you have to constantly train constantly build constantly um work together uh and you need different positions constantly you know yeah. uh, we have 30 plus employees now and it's uh I don't think we even touched the surface of what we can do. Yeah. So people think 30 may be a lot, but to me, I can see eventually us having 50 easily, Right, you right. know, cause there's a lot to do when displaying an experience, right? If you look at Disney world or Disneyland, I haven't been to Disney world, but I've been to Disneyland. So mm-hmm. let's go with Disneyland. Um, when you go there, there's a lot of people, employees walking around in outfits that don't even need to be there. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they're not like working. They're just there for the experience. Right. But right. that's the, like the idea too, right? It's like, you know, creating that experience for us um, or for the homeowners. Um, mm-hmm. We want that constantly. You're going to need a lot of people, you know? Yeah. And so, so um, the fruits is it created more work. And, yeah. and that's like what everyone wants, right? The yeah. opportunity to to work and for to have your boat constantly fueled so it can constantly move. Yeah. So getting new work, whether you're selling something or uh, you're building something or whatever your business is. Right. If you want to grow, you need to release some of those hats. Yeah. And that's uh, all about scaling, right? And it depends it on is. what the business owner wants to do and the dreams mm-hmm. and goals that he or she has. So, I mean, if you want to stay in that tier um, and you see those fruits, that's awesome. You've, you've seen it grow and, you know, you should uh, probably implement, implement that if you want to grow bigger, right? Yeah. Right. I think if I were to like capitalize this, the saying is let it go to let it grow. Let, let it go, let it grow. Let that's it go it. to let it grow. Guys, I'm telling you. <laughs> Go uh, go online and uh, get Richie's a business uh, coaching. We talk about oh, ROI, man. scaling, uh, hiring. Uh, Got to talk about hiring yeah, soon. Yeah, hiring. Yeah, we'll get we'll, <laughs> we'll get that in there. We'll get that in there at some point. Uh, so let's turn into the, into the third stream. We got a little bit more time, Richie. Um, in the construction stream, what is overhead? Overhead, so. yeah. Overhead, overhead, overhead. Um, it's a fee. Is what it is that. Okay. Um, I think, I think it's good to educate, uh, homeowners and builders, uh, to kind of understand this fee. Cause it's not a typical fee you see connected to some water that you buy at Seven Eleven or a Musubi, you okay. know, like that's just one price. Right. So hmm. understanding construction, there are some disclosure of fees, uh, just so you can understand the whole operation. So construction in and of itself, or, uh, you know, specialty trade, it's, charge a little bit different um than what you what some you know uh service companies do so overhead is indirect cost to a project so basically if you're hiring me to install a door mm. or a kitchen let's go a kitchen i'm a builder you know i gotta install a kitchen um we have what's called direct cost me um as the or as a worker uh, buying material, the exact cost of the material, the uh-huh. time I was there buying the material, I yeah. show up to the house, I demo the fee of the labor to demo, the fee to dump the waste, mm-hmm. the fee to um, install, um, hire the the countertop guy to come install. So every single thing. Every single thing. The mm-hmm. bit you need, the shims you need, the fasteners mm-hmm. you need. These are all what's called direct cost. And the project's a little bit bigger. You have to rent equipment you have to rent um uh porta potty or you do have say you have you need scaffolds and you do have them you have to have a small maintenance fee for those scaffolds to pay for themselves 
Uh, eventually. So it could be yeah. like $15 uh, every two or three days or, okay. you know, just for, you know, you need the scaffolding. Everything has a direct cost to the project. Yeah. But then you have this indirect cost, right? Because all that happened. But what is the overhead? It's all the costs that are going to happen regardless if you hire us or not. So rent and lease, a space that you're paying for, right, as an establishment, all your insurances that you have to pay for, uh-huh. the person answering the phone, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, to uh, anything that happens administratively um, to take care of your finances, the taxing uh, taxes, uh, um, all these things that have vehicles and tools and shop, uh, uh-huh. just all these indirect things um, that are in place. Estimating, you know, mm-hmm. everyone gets free estimates, but they're not free. You're just not paying for them. Right, right, right. <laughs> they're yeah. not free. We yeah. we pay sometimes a thousand dollars, up to a thousand dollars for a thousand dollar project for an estimate. Jeez. Yeah. When you really think about the math of paying a guy to go, sometimes he has to go twice. You just blew it. You yeah, probably, man. and then the project ends up only being a, you know, the scope of work is only a thousand dollars, but you've already paid somebody who's an estimator at a certain amount and they go and they spend some time. They have to research yeah. uh, some sp- specific material and they can't get a hold of the vendor. And all of a sudden you spent $800,000 for a thousand dollar project. So you gotta mm-hmm. be very mindful of free estimates aren't free. They're just yeah. not charged to the homeowner because that's the competitive nature of, of the business. We'll get free estimates. You know, everyone yeah. gets free estimates. So mm. that's why we have the phone call to make sure we can understand deeply what the scope of work is. We don't want to overinvest in something. People are just window shopping because we can educate. Right. We have methods right. to educate quickly. So um, overhead is a fee that uh, it's very important to account for when you're doing a project estimate with a homeowner. So okay. um, homeowners uh, to understand, and educate that without this fee, um, builders can set themselves up for failure and put themselves in a bad place for not charging this over a period of time, especially if they have fees attached to it. Mm. Smaller companies will have very minimal overhead fees, maybe just gas to drive around and estimates. And how do you generate this fee? Basically, over an annual period of time, Uh a contractor needs to collect the data of all the costs that were indirect to any project and see what that is over a year time. What percentage is that against your overall revenue? So if your overall uh-huh. revenue for the year is 100000 and you spent $10,000 that had nothing to do with projects, then your overhead 10. fee should be 10%. 10%. Okay. So what happens is to survive as a company and to have everything in place, your license, your insurances, your establishment, your vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, getting the right, everything you need to make the thing run, yeah. you have to um, pay this fee, right? So every project and every year you recheck where your overhead is. Uh-huh. Typical overhead for uh, uh, probably a subcontractor or somebody that doesn't have a full establishment, you're probably looking around 10%. Mm-hmm. Somebody like us who has three locations, uh, uh, estimators and architects on staff and uh, lead coordinators and a financial manager and a uh, high level of revenue that creates high level of insurances, you know, and um, you know, your all the utilities that go involved, all the yeah. phones and all this kind of stuff, Ooh, uh, the rub it, the waste, just, you know, just waste for the warehouse. Uh, yeah. 
Um, all these type of things generate a fee. And so the overhead typically for a firm like us could be up to 20% or higher, you know? Mm. So that that's those are big costs. And then yeah. profit margins, you know, every company has to charge a markup to survive as well because you can't yeah. just... So if you just charge overhead and direct cost, then you're just working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're and, not if there's, and if there's yeah. any like variance, that's mm-hmm. scary. So you always have to get a, a yeah. markup to have cash flow, to have um, opportunity to uh, be the best you can be in your position to serve clients. So typical markup for contractors or firms our size are between probably five to seven percent mm-hmm. um uh, i think subcontractors have to go a little bit more their projects are are a little bit smaller so their markups yeah. are typically around 15 percent um because the variances are lo- variances are larger on smaller projects sure if you charge five thousand dollars for a project and your crew is about 1500 a day one day can the the ratio margin of one day mishap it's a big, big deal, but yeah. if you have a a million dollar project, yeah. one day mishap, the ratios, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally different ratios. So yeah. there's a little bit more contingency in smaller projects versus the larger projects. But um, great question because homeowners can educate it. Overhead is very important, and mm. you cannot don't try to penny pinch an overhead because it can put a, a contractor in a bad place. You don't yeah. financially. You need to have homeowners got to have their they're ducks in a row ready to pay contractors because mm. contractors are not banks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing is like a lot of homeowners, I get it. They want to be scared to, but do your due diligence on finding out a good contractor. And when you do just make sure there's a healthy, <laughs> there's a healthy financial relationship there too. They need to meet their demand, but they do make sure you're ready to pay them and pay them fast. Cause that relationship is healthy. Uh, but do your, do, do, do your due, due diligence, diligence to due. make sure you have the right contractor. Cause you don't want them to these all the D's. You don't want them them to dip. <laughs> them to dip. Them dip is like dip. get out of there with you know escape with your money. Um, so I get that side of it too. But uh, overhead is important. It's important. It helps us survive. Um, you know, but it has to be recalculated every year. You just got to yeah. take your overall revenue or expected revenue. What were your cost and what is your percentage? Mm. And that's how you survive. That's how you get through it. So Man, these that's are a things good, uh, yeah. don't, we don't think about. Direct as, over, you know. Yeah, it's indirect overhead. Mm. So even projects have what's called direct overhead. You know, and those are things that certain insurances you need or certain items you need for that project. Then those would be charged accordingly. But indirect is very important. Yeah. Well, guys, um, that's going to wrap it up. Ooh. Episode 8. Episode right? 8 in the house. We're supposed Man. to have a special guest today. Very special, but couldn't make it today. So uh, we might surprise on the next one, even though it's a little bit out of order, just to get them in there. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a good one. So we just want to let you know. Guys, uh, share this with your friends and family. If you know any homeowners or people that are looking to buy a home, I think this is a great podcast for um, business owners as well. Um, yeah, and you get to learn a little bit about our faith, uh, where we, you know, how we handle our, you know, situations in life, mm-hmm. life situations, and how our faith is in play, and then how do we use our, you know, our faith in business, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, so awesome episode eight. That's gonna wrap it up, Richie. Until next time, we are on the boat. On the boat. <laughs> All right, Peace, guys. Thank you, guys. I come from a poor family. Day.